Uh, this really has been an amazing 10 days, and what I think about often when I'm here is that every person in their own way contributes to the success of everything that is done here, and a tremendous yashikach to each person. Kol echad vodo, each one uh, contributed so much, and everybody invested of themselves really selflessly. Nobody expects to get anything back in return, and it's really a, a very inspirational group of people to be with. As we know, this whole apparatus would not happen without many people, but certainly without the medical team that we have the doctors, the nurses, the paramedics, the EMTs, and everybody that works in the infirmary is certainly a tremendous part of everything that goes on here, and we would not be able to run a camp for sick children without them. That goes without saying. But something that was brought to my attention this week uh, by two of our campers who came, um, they were a little disturbed by it, but not because they had any right to be, but simply because they had never encountered it before. And they said, we have a girls' camp here, Next session is going to be girls again, and then the following session is going to be boys. So they said, we have never, ever been treated by a male, by a, by a man who's of the opposite gender than we are. They said every time they go to the hospital, they always have female nurses, they always have female doctors, and never have they been in treatment or been taken care of by somebody from the opposite gender, and they were very bothered by it, which is a very good question. Do they have a right to be bothered? Well, everybody has the right to have their own sensitivities. The question is, what does the halacha say about going to somebody from the opposite gender to take care of your medical needs. So that's a very important question. The truth is, it sounds like very black and white to us because we're used to the concept of going to a hospital and being treated by whoever is there or having a member of Hatzalah. Some communities have female members, but most communities have only male members of Hatzalah. So we know they go on calls, they treat patients, they take care of people. We have many male doctors and they don't differentiate between this patient and that patient. So what does the halacha say about it? The truth is, the story really begins with a Pasuk, where the Pasuk says, Lo sikrvu logalos erva. We have an Isser that we're not allowed to be coming close to be Megala Erva, which means there's a certain category of people in the Torah that are considered to be Arayus, that are considered to be off-limits for that individual person. Not for everyone, but for that individual it's an Arayus. We are told not only are you not allowed to have intimate relationship with that person, but also Lo sikrvu, you're not allowed to come close, which is something that we really don't find by many other Averis in the Torah. We're told, Midvar Sheker Tirchak, go very far away from Sheker. It doesn't say to stop just by not saying a, a non-truth. It says that you have to go further. You have to stay very far away. Here also, we're told, So the Rambam and the Rambam and the Sefer HaMitzvahs have a discussion. What exactly does it mean when the Torah says, The Rambam feels that the Torah is trying to tell us that any Kirvala Arayas, doing anything, that makes us come closer to one of the Arayas, even if it's not an intimate relationship, will be something that is going to be an Isr Daraisa. And the Rambam disagrees, and he says, no, the Isr Daraisa is to have an intimate relationship with an Arayas. Beyond that, we have an Isr Darabana and Avlo Sikrvu. Whether you hold like the Rambam or the Ramban, they both feel the Sikrvu is something that has to be taken very seriously. The question only is, is it an Isr Daraisa or an Isr Darabana? So let's focus on the Rambam for a moment. The Rambam says that any Kirvala Arayas is considered to be an Isr Daraisa as well. Now, what exactly does the Rambam mean? The Beis Yosef writes that that means to be taken very literally. Any Nagiya Ba'arayas, if you even accidentally touch an Arayas, says the Beis Yosef, that is considered a violation of an Isr Daraisa. Any Kirva Arayas is violating the Isr Daraisa of Losikrabu. And the Shach disagrees, and the Shach says that's not what the Rambam means. If you look carefully in Hilchas Yisurei Bia, where the Rambam fleshes out what he means by describing this Avera, the Ramam there says that it's only something that is prohibited when it's derech taiva, when you're touching an erva, when you have an interaction with somebody 
of the opposite gender that you're not allowed to be with, obviously not a family member, but if you're with somebody that's not allowed to be, be, be with because they're from the Arias, in such a case we would say, it's only Derech Taiva where we say Nagia is a problem. The Torah didn't come to say, Lo Sikru Legalus ever means if I'm on the train and somebody bumps into me, I violate Nisa Darais of Lo Sikru. It's interesting that uh, Rabbi Moshe has a tshuva about riding on a subway, right? What happens when you go on the subway and rush hour, it's, it used to be very crowded, right? Back before COVID, everybody took the subway in. So the question then became, am I allowed to go on the subway when after all I know that doing so, inevitably I'm going to bump into someone along the way, either when I'm getting off, when I'm getting on, or when I'm sitting down, someone's going to walk by me. Isn't that an Isra Losikavu? The Beis Yosef says, yes, Isra Del Reis, according to the Rambam. And the Shach says, no, that's not what it means, Losikavu. Losikavu means you should not do any type of interaction that's going to lead to Derech Taiva, anything that is a sensual touch, or anything that's going to perhaps potentially bring you to a place where you shouldn't get to. That's all the Rambam meant. And based on that, the Shach writes, let's say, for example, we know that when it comes to a person, a, a man and a woman who are brother and sister, two siblings, is there an iser for them to touch each other, says the Gemara Masech Shabbos? No. There is no iser for them to touch one another. Why? Isn't that lo I wouldn't be allowed to marry my sister. The Shach explains the reason why is because I have no taiva to be with my sister. So touching my sister is not going to lead me to do anything wrong. And the same goes, the Gemara says in Masechus Kiddushin, having Yichud with my sister is not considered a problem of Yichud. Why not? Because Yichud usually leads to something bad, or sometimes could potentially lead to something bad. When we're talking about siblings, they don't really have any interest in being together, anything more than just being in the same house, and therefore we would assume the halacha is that Yichud is really not something that is prohibited either. And therefore the Shach says, because his understanding of the Rambam is that Lusikavulagalus Erba is limited to Derech Taiva, therefore he says, when you have a doctor, when you have a medical professional, it doesn't go by a doctor only, it goes by all medical professionals, who are Tarud Be'um Nasayu, who the reason why they're going to touch this opposite gender is not because they have a Taiva for them, but rather because they're trying to help them. And what I'm focused on right now is the treatment that I'm giving, or the help that I'm providing. I'm not really focusing on anything else. I don't even look at the person when I'm taking care of them. I, I try to make sure, I remember, uh, for those who are from my neighborhood, I, when was it that there was this terrible accident on a Matzai Shabbos by that get-together? It was right across the street from my house. And I remember afterward, there was one of the members of Hatzalah who went on the call, said that he was doing CPR and he was taking care of the patients that were in the accident, not even realizing that it was one of his neighbors from his block. And it wasn't until later that somebody told him who it was that he was working on. He was doing his work. He was focusing on the CPR. He wasn't even looking at the woman's face. He wasn't even trying to pay attention because he was completely focused on the job at hand. And that is exactly what the Shach says. When you have somebody who's Tarbu Naso, you don't have to be concerned that maybe his head is going to go racing somewhere else and maybe he's going to be thinking about something you shouldn't think. There is no problem, says the Shach, of having somebody from the opposite gender serve as a medical professional. Now, there is an amazing Gemara Meseches Tainis where the Gemara tells a story about many different tzaddikim. The Gemara here is talking about what happens when you have a city that needs rain. Who is the one who's going to be the catalyst for the rain? Who is the one who's worthy of getting the rain? A whole discussion. But basically, the Gemara then comes to a fascinating story. And the Gemara introduces us to a personality by the name of Abba Umna. Says the Gemara, who was Abba Umna? He was a person in a community, and you should know, how they Every day in the morning, he would wake up, and he had a special greeting from Misifta de Rakia, which means a Basco came, Rashi says, and uh, wished him a good morning and wished him well. Amazing. Says the Gemara, if you think that that's not impressive, Abaye only used to get such a greeting every Arab Shabbos. Rava only used to get such a greeting every Arab Yom Kippur. 
The rest of us get a greeting, never. So says the Gemara, Rava gets every year of Yom Kippur, Abaye gets every year of Shabbos, and Abba Umna, this no-name who nobody ever heard of, he gets every day. So says the Gemara, what was so special about him? Abaye and Rava felt very uncomfortable. What is Abba Umna doing in his life that he deserves to have Kabbalah's Pnei Ashkina every day? And we only get it once a year or once a week. What's so special about him? Says the Gemara, Abba Umna was a doctor. And Abba Umna used to run a medical practice. And he used to do bloodletting. Says the Gemara at that time, that was the very... Uh, it was assumed that that was something that was a very healthy thing to do. So the Gemara tells us that he ran it so carefully, he didn't want to ever embarrass anybody. So he had a payment box outside of the office, and he told everybody on their way out, pay however much you can, leave it in the box. And he never went to check how much they put in, whether they put in at all, and he trusted everybody. If you couldn't afford it, you didn't pay. If you were able to afford it, you did pay. Says the Gemara, what's Sidkus? Amazing. But beyond that, the Gemara says, he came up with an amazing system. He had a robe. And he used to give the robe to each of the patients, and he used to tell them when they came in, put on the robe privately, and when I have to go ahead and take out blood, there was a little slit in the side of the robe, and he would stick it in exactly where he needed to to make sure he wouldn't look at anything extra of the body that he had to. He didn't want to humiliate, he didn't want to embarrass anybody, he was so careful, and says the Gemara, because of how careful he was in the way he practiced medicine when he was treating the opposite gender, it was something that he was right to have Kabbalah's Pnei Ashkina every day. You see two things from the Gemara. What you see, number one, is that a medical... You see many things from the Gemara. But number one, you see that obviously a male medical professional was treating members of the opposite gender and the Gemara doesn't seem to be concerned. Not only that, the Gemara says, he was given back such a payment for that that the Shekhinah came and greeted him every morning. So it seems this is something that is certainly okay. But what the Gemara does tell us is that in doing so, it can't just be Hefker. The Gemara says in doing so... You have to have a sensitivity. You have to understand that there's somebody there, that there is an issue of the Sikhavilagalas ever, and it doesn't just give you an allowance to do whatever you want. You have to be very careful, you have to be very sensitive to the issue, and you have to be mindful of the fact that even though the Shah writes the halacha, we would allow it, it doesn't mean that you don't have to be careful at the same time that you're doing it. I'll just end with one question that I have, and that is the Gemara has a Mesefas Moit Katanaf Khavdalid, a very sad Gemara where the Gemara is talking about how many people do you need to come together in order to do a levaya based on the amount of respect that a person deserves? So the Gemara gets into it. So ask the Gemara, what happens if you have a very, Rahman al a very young child, when the child passes away? So says the Gemara, kol shloshim yom. If the child is 30 days or under, tinok yodze becheik. You don't even have to go and put an aron, you don't have to have a, a stretcher for them. The mother will go and hold the child in her arms, and they can bury the child that way. The mother will just, Rahman the mother will just lower the child into the ground with no need for all the general things that we do of covet on mace in a regular situation. But says the Gemara, when doing so, Nikvar Isha Acha, so you have the mother holding the child, Vishnei Anashim, and you have two members of the Chever Kadisha. Avalo Nashim. But you're not allowed to have one member of the Chever Kadisha and two women. Why not? Why not? That would be Yichud. That would be a problem. They're going to travel to the cemetery. You're going to have them going in the hearse together or however they're going to get there. Not appropriate. Says the Gemara, Abishal Omer, Af Nashim. Says the uh, Abishal says, you don't have to be concerned because even though normally we have the halachas of Yichud over here, they're going to be tarred and worrying about what's going on. Who's thinking about Yichud? Who's thinking about the woman, the man? It's not where their heads are. Right now, what we're thinking about is the terrible tragedy. All we're worrying about is the Kavad Ames. All we're trying to take care of is making sure that we have a Kvura Kahalacha. 
Nobody's minds are going anywhere else. How do we paskin in Shulchan Aruch? Shulchan Aruch paskins that Yichud applies even in this situation. And that's a major question. The Achronim are wondering, why should this be different? We say when a doctor is treating a patient, Uman Tarabu we say by many other cases that we assume while you're doing your job, you're focused on the job. When you have something important to do, your mind is not going to be going other places. So why is it when you have a member of the Heber Kadisha that's going to bury a young child, which is such a terrible tragedy, why is it that suddenly the Shulchan Aruch, based on the Gemara's concern, that the member of the Heber Kadisha's mind is going to go racing, maybe something's going to happen, terrible thing, why should we be concerned? Why don't we say a member of the Heber Kadisha is focused on what he needs to be focused on. And right now, his focus needs to be on making sure to bury properly. So that's a very interesting question to think about. Why should that Gemara, that Sukhya, be different than some of the other things we spoke about? It should seem to be the same rule that would apply across the board to all different situations that we are confronted with.